0: Black and opinionated, we black and we liberated History's rich, it's only right that we celebrated All of our greatest stories yet to be told People made the biggest impact with names little known uh, Unsung heroes, but heroes are the same Who deserve to have their names in the Black Hall of Fame Among the Pantheonic race, greats who exude black excellence Who refuse to break, even with odds stacked against them They did it for the culture if
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Black and opinionated podcast I am your host, Antonio Carter. And today, I'm going to be talking about a woman that many of you have never heard of before. But back in the 1800s, she was the talk of town in San Francisco. This woman that I'm talking about today is a very secretive and mysterious woman. And her name was Mary Ellen Pleasant. Mary Ellen Pleasant was born August 1814, either in Virginia, Georgia, or Philadelphia. Nobody really knows. She was born to a black voodoo priestess, mother from Louisiana, and a white wealthy Virginian father. When her mother disappeared as a child, she was brought to Nantucket, Massachusetts, to either be a bond or a denture servant to the Hussey Gardner family who were abolitionists and Quakers. While working for the Hussey family, she would eventually develop a friendly relationship with a woman only known as Grandma Hussey and the whole Hussey Gardner family. It was here while working at Grandma Hussey's store that Mary developed a business, mindset, and friendly manner. She quickly learned, working as a servant, that she could better herself by learning from her surroundings. She once stated that she left books alone to study men and women a great deal. She always noticed that when she had something to say, people would listen. They would never go to sleep on her. Around the 1840s, Pleasant would move from Nantucket to Boston to work as an apprentice at a tailor shop. And it was there that she would meet her first husband, James Smith, a wealthy former plantation owner and abolitionist. Working together, both Pleasant and James helped and worked on the Underground Railroad, helping people who were enslaved make it north to Nova Scotia, to Mexico to a high freedom. Eventually, after four years of marriage, James Smith would pass away, leaving an estate inheritance worth tens of thousands of dollars to Mary. Mary would continue her work as the conductor of the Underground Railroad for years. It was a dangerous line of work, being an abolitionist or a slave stealer. She faced constant harassments for helping runaway slaves, danger from slavers, as well as prosecution and imprisonment under the Fugitive Slave Act of 1793 and 1850, as well as harsh new penalties. During this time, after leaving the East Coast, she returned to Nantucket for a short time and met John James Pleasant, a Creole former slave whom she would develop a relationship with and eventually marry in 1848. They will have a daughter named Elizabeth Lizzie J. Smith. After drawing the attention of the slave catchers, both Mary and John would travel to New Orleans. Once in New Orleans, Mary's husband, James, who was at this time a ship cook, takes off to find a better life for them in California. Meanwhile, Mary stays in New Orleans and helps over 700 other people escape slavery. But also at this time, she was taking cooking lessons and voodoo lessons from the legendary voodoo queen of New Orleans at this time, Marie Lovu, Between 1848 and 1855, the California Gold Rush would provide opportunities for African-Americans. Many African-Americans would quickly move into California and become rich through prospecting. This is the best place for black folks on the globe. All a man has to do is work and he will make money. An African-American miner wrote to his wife. James Pleasant had arrived in California before Mary and written her a letter to let her know that California would be a great area to conduct the Underground Railroad activities. But not only that, Mary also realized the lucrative opportunities to living in California. But just as she was realizing the lucrative opportunities that she could afford living in California, slave catchers were hot on her trail. So she set sail from New Orleans to California and arrived in San Francisco around April of 1852. Before even arriving in San Francisco, word was quickly spreading about Mary Pleasant. And when she finally arrived, she was met by a group of men who all wanted her to be their cook. By working as a cook, Mary Pleasant we use this facade to ease drops on conversations from the wealthy and using the information. She would invest bits of her inheritance. Her first husband left her into investments. She would exchange gold into silver, a thousand dollars at a time. When the value of gold was extremely high, she would put some of her money into a number of banks. See established boarding houses laundries, and brothels. She established many restaurants, including the famous Case & Heiser, and also co-founded the Bank of California. Her portfolio grew to include shares in oil and Wells Fargo Bank. The more money she made, the more she shared with people in need. She was a one-woman social agency all by herself. She provided transportation and met the daily needs of black men and women who came to California. She helped black men and women with employment or establish their own business. She attained legal resources for African-Americans when attempts to extradite them and return them back to slavery. For example, during the case of Archie Lee of 1857, she paid for his housing and legal fees. She was an early women's rights activist. She helped women of all ethnicity living in San Francisco at significant risk with housing, clothing, advising them on how to carry and dress themselves. For women who could not support their kids, she would help them find homes for their kids. She was a truly calculating woman. She arranged marriages with wealthy men and escorts who kept detailed records about the men activities, and she used it as blackmail. She was definitely a woman of major business and political influence who challenged social norms. Mary Pleasant was given the title of Mother of California for her early involvement in civil rights movement and establishing A local underground railroad in California. To many of her white wealthy friends, she was known as Black City Hall because of how many Black people she helped put into business or get jobs. Now I know at this moment you're probably thinking to yourself, well, this woman sounds like a pretty good woman. I don't understand why we were never taught about her in any of history classes or in any colleges. Where is the reason why? You see, between 1857 and 1859, she left to go help John Brown. Now, for those of you, I know a lot of you don't like history, but for those of you who don't know who John Brown is, John Brown was an abolitionist leader. He had strong religious conventions where he believed he was God's instrument He believed violence was the only way to fully end slavery since decades of trying the peaceful route was failing. In October of 1859, he led a raid at Harpers Ferry, Virginia. He would play a major role in leading to the American Civil War. He was hoping to start a slave liberation movement, but it ended up failing. With seven people being killed and more people being injured, he was captured and tried for treason. On December 2nd, 1859, he was found guilty and was hanged. When John Brown was hanged, a note was found in his pocket. The note read, the axe is laid at the foot of the tree. When the first blow is struck, there will be more money to help. Officials believed the wealthy northern man had wrote the note and helped fund John Brown, but the note was actually written by Mary Ellen Pleasant, a black woman. She actively donated money and supported John Brown. The sum of money she donated to John Brown cause was three thousand dollars or equivalent to about a million dollars in today's price. So you can see how information like that can be pretty controversial, considering to some people, John Brown was a radical abolitionist. Some people consider him a madman, a terrorist. Some people consider him a hero. But I'll let you guys be the judge of that. With her fortune continuing to rise, she developed a business partnership with Thomas Bell, a white banker and investor. Her businesses and investments made Thomas Bell and Mary Ellen Pleasant around $30 million, or equivalent in today's money to a quarter of a billion dollars. At the end of the Civil War, she stopped working as a housekeeper to spend more time on civil rights activities, like establishing black schools and fighting Jim Crow laws. Instead of continuing to pass for white, she began to identify as a woman of color. For safety reasons, she would always go by the name Miss Ellen Smith Estella Pleasant and was considered by her neighbors to be a white landlady and cook. She was very careful to keep her name out of the Underground Railroad transactions. However, to other abolitionists, she was Mrs. Pleasant's. She helped fugitive slaves attain jobs, safe transportation, and housing. She helped William Marcus West, a Scottish-American pioneer, establish a boarding house that doubled as a safe house for runaway slaves. In 1877, her husband, John James Pleasant, who was a sea cook, spending 20 years of his life as abolitionist and fighting discrimination, would pass away. From diabetes. In the 1860s and 1870s, Mary Pleasant will file several civil rights lawsuits against the state of California. In 1866, she filed the lawsuit against the Omnibus Railroad Company for racial discrimination, in which she won. In 1868, She sued the North Beach and Mission Railroad Company for racial discrimination for denying her to ride the city streetcar. After her business partner, Thomas Bell, passed away in 1892, it turned out that many of her business dealings, including her 30 room mansion that spanned two blocks she designed and built, were in Thomas Bell's name. The reason why many of her businesses and portfolios were in Thomas Bell names is because of how difficult it would have been for not only a woman, but a black woman to facilitate any type of business dealings back in those days. After the death of Thomas Bell, Bell's wife, Teresa Bell, sued Mary Pleasant and won control over the estate. With all Pleasant's fortune gone and assets taken, Pleasant lived the rest of her life in debt. Because of the publicity of these lawsuits, Mary Pleasant became one of the most publicized African-American women in the San Francisco area. Newspapers repeatedly called her Mammy Pleasant because of the years she spent as a domestic servant, a derogatory name which she did not approve. She once told the newspaper, I don't like to be called Mammy by everybody. I am not Mammy to everybody in California. I got a letter from a minister in Sacramento. It was addressed to Mamie Pleasant. I wrote back to him on his own paper that my name was Mrs. Mary E. Pleasant. I wouldn't waste any of my paper on him. Weakened and near death, her friend Olive Sherwood took her to her house where she passed away on January 11, 1904. After amassing over a $30 million portfolio, Mary E. Pleasant would die in poverty and debt. She is buried at Tulo Cemetery in Napa, California, with an inscription written on her gravestone that says, she was a friend of John Brown. If you would like to learn more about Mary Pleasant's life, you can visit the Women's Museum of California. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can also reach me, at black opinionated at gmail.com. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at black and opinionated. Until next time, guys,
0: peace. We do it for the people, yes, we do it for the people, yes, black and opinionated. We do it for the people, yes, we do it for the people, yes, black and opinionated. We do it for the people, yes, we do it for the people, yes, black and opinionated. We do it for the people, yes. We do it for the people, yes. Black and opinionated. Black knowledge, black truth, all black, everything. We don't just ride the wave. We all black every day. Day, day. We all black every day. We all black every day. Black knowledge, black truth, all black, everything. We don't just ride the wave. We all black every day. Day, day. We all black every day. We all black every day.